Hey everyone, and welcome to the Grow with Grace podcast. My name is Cindy Van Cleve, the creator and host, and today I took a step away from the Texas FFA and went to Arkansas. Joining me today is Brooke Bradford. She's the former Arkansas FFA state president, national officer candidate, and current student at the University of Arkansas. Tune in to hear all about her FFA experience, college life, and her growing moments. I'm so excited to hear your story and I can't wait to chat, but first, could you share a little bit about yourself, who you are, all the things? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Sydney. Uh, as you said, my name is Brooke Bradford. I was born and raised in rural central Arkansas. Go to school at the University of Arkansas. It's my dream school. I only uh, applied to two schools and always knew I'd end up being a Razorback. I am studying agricultural communications and leadership at the U of A with minors in journalism and event management. I just never want to graduate. Um, no, I'm kidding. But I really, really love being a student and I love being a student at the U of A. Our ag comm department is just really incredible in the way that it welcomes students and it feels like family coming from a small community and being so involved in FFA I've always been surrounded by such great community so it was really important to me that I found that at college and I definitely did at the University of Arkansas my freshman year I served Arkansas FFA as the 2020-2021 Arkansas FFA state president and then um, at the beginning of my sophomore year I served Arkansas FFA as our national officer candidate so I ran for national office last October and it was honestly one of the best weeks of my life. Um, I ultimately was not elected to national office but was just able to experience an immense amount of growth um, because of my experience in running for national office and Got to learn a lot about who Brooke is and who she wants to be. And um, now this summer, I'm working at Tyson World Headquarters here in Springdale, Arkansas. It's really cool to live in a city and go to college um, in an area that is so close to really just one of the, the strong arms of the ag community um, with Tyson and just the protein company they are. And I honestly just loved it so much. And that's where I am today. Well, that's a very good summarization of everything <laughs> that Brooke is. And so it kind of leads me into... The majority of my questions that I have for you. But to start off, let's chat about my favorite organization at the FFA, though I am partial to the Texas FFA. You are from Arkansas, so I'm sure we have our differences in how our state associations are run. But recently, like you said, this last October, you ran as national officer. And despite the results, I believe that even though that the fact that you were even willing to serve in a capacity is it like a true testament of the impact this organization has had on you. So can you tell me what it was like being a member of the Arkansas FFA and then state Arkansas State FFA president? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'll just tell you, I love Texas FFA, too. So don't worry. Yeah, I, I understand why you're partial. I may even be. No, I'm kidding. I love Arkansas, um, man. So I joined FFA in the eighth grade. Um, kind of a fluke thing. I had a blank on my schedule and had to choose if I was going to take study hall or an ag class. And if you know personality tests, I'm an Enneagram three wing two. So I'm an achiever. I love to be doing things. I'm a gold on the colors test. So I always, always, always just want to be doing and achieving things. And I was talking to my guidance counselor and she told me I was going to take study hall. And I was like, <laughs> no, that sounds incredibly boring. She's like, well, your only other option is ag. And I was like, no, um, I do pageants. Like I'm a dancer. Like I model, like I do lots and lots of girly things and ag sounds awful. Um, and she was like, well, hear me out. Okay. Like there are lots of opportunities. Why don't you just try, give it a semester. If you hate it, I'll pull you out a semester, but I really think it's going to surprise you. And I was like, mm, I think you're wrong, but okay. Sounds better than study hall. So enrolled in it was the very first time my high school was offering an eighth grade kind of intro to ag class. So it was the first group of eighth graders. So I entered my eighth grade ag class, 
within the first week was just absolutely in love. Um, got to go to national convention, saw a national officer the first for the first time, that's like a really big part of my story. And seeing someone from Arkansas get elected to national office, I just immediately understood that the scope of national FFA was huge. And that the stake that Arkansas FFA had in it could be huge also when people were willing to step up to the table and, and be leaders and really just embrace those ambitions. And I think that's what I found so much in FFA was that there were places for me to have an ambition as an individual and as a leader. And I, there was so much just room um, to chase those dreams. And the very first time I went to FFA camp, I think they had us make, um, we were doing SMART goals, right? Everyone knows a good SMART goal. So we did a short-term goal, um, like a midterm goal, and then a long-term goal. And our long-term goal was five years out. And that was in the eighth grade. So five years from being in the eighth grade was when I would be um, a, I guess, sophomore in college. I think that math works right, something like that. But basically what I wrote is my long-term goal in five years was to be the national FFA president. Uh, because being in that room and seeing those people and having been to national convention, I could just see a really clear path to that leadership position. And I honestly, um, that day just embarked on what would become a five, six year journey of finding who I was in FFA, finding a career um, because of FFA, finding something I could be passionate about, people who would support me. Um, that's what FFA and Arkansas really means to me. They just were family I never expected to have. Um, and people I just couldn't imagine not having in my life. I joked that my three ag teachers were the three cowboys I never knew I needed in my life mm -hmm. um, because they really helped take me for exactly who I was. They didn't want to change me at all, but they wanted to just amplify the skill sets that I had and the passions that I had in a way that could benefit Arkansas agriculture and Arkansas FFA. And that was just a dream come true to me. So That's so special. I love what you said. I will say this because once again, I haven't met you before, so what I usually tell people is when they share their story, I like break it down into sections before I answer. Mm. So first of <laughs> all, I'm also an Enneagram 3, and I, hey. yes, <laughs> I think that's also a toxic trait of mine, because if my planner is not as filled one month as it is the next mm. month, I will search for things to fill it up with, whether it's, it's hard. I actually want to fill it up with the pretty colors, or if I really need to be doing stuff so, to just procrastinate those college essays, but <laughs> we, we love it. It's fun, and so yeah. I love how my mom, she kind of was like, Cindy Grace, you better be taking an ad class next year. Like, mm. you, you don't have to deal with animals. Don't worry about that. Well, come, I was in the barn pretty much every day with my ag teacher, but I was the shy kid. I wasn't really mm. one I like to say like I wanted to speak up and I wanted to be chosen, but I didn't want to have to like do it for myself. Right. And like, I've had those people, my three people who like poured into me. And so mm -hmm. I think we all needed those cowboys that we never knew yeah. we needed. So, <laughs> I think yeah, I joke one of the very first times I was in our in our show barn, um, I was in Converse. And you know, Converse have these like x's on the bottom so all the crevices were just filled with pig poop and I was like if this was for anyone else in the world I would just be downright angry but because I love you guys so much I'm not mad about this and then I had to bring a pair of like shop shoes um to the ag building because every day my shoes were too cute to wear into the pig barn but I would switch before we went to the animal science building so that I didn't ruin them <laughs> yeah, I showed up at my first like livestock show in skinny jeans and went home with the I bunch love it bites all over my ankles and I was just oh. so gracious <laughs> you, like, live, you live and you learn yes now I'm love my boot cut jeans <laughs> live without them but that's I, funny 
we always have those people who pour into us. So I'm mm -hmm. so glad you had those who poured into you and helped you, like you said, take, took you as you are, but amplified those skills that you already had. And I look at you now, like seeing all the things you're doing, even like from the social media scope where we mm -hmm. don't really know people, I think it's so special and important. Mm -hmm. Continuing on with that, now as a past state officer, what have you been able to do and how have you been able to like still connect and be involved with the FFA? Yeah, so I pretty much immediately after running for or retiring, bless running for after retiring from state office. So we retired in Arkansas in May and then our application to be Arkansas's national officer candidate um, was in June, I believe. And then in July, I found out I was our national officer candidate. So I really never left FFA zone. It's funny because my teammates, my state officer teammates and I would joke because they were all so emotional at the end of our year when they were taking their jackets off for the last time. And I was like, sorry guys, I'm just not that sad because I know my time isn't over yet, you know? And um, I remember even like making Instagram posts about state office being over. And as I was writing them, I was like, I can't even act like this is like the end because I know what's coming next. I knew I was running for national office. And so, um, man, from the time I retired until when I got done running for national office. So October, I was just in full on FFA mode. Uh, eat, sleep, breathe, ate everything, blue and gold FFA. Um, so I was able to stay connected that entire time with our state staff. And I went on a little mini Arkansas tour, um, visiting schools and practicing my facilitation and just getting to have conversations with members and talk to ag teachers and all that good stuff. Um, after not getting elected for national office, it was a pretty emotional experience, uh, not achieving the dream of being a national officer or being national state president. And so I took a little bit of a step back. So I really didn't do anything from November until probably January or February. Um, but then I had the opportunity to actually judge a sub-area contest um, and leadership development event, which those are my favorite in FFA. So I worked really hard. I try not to say I'm lucky. I wasn't lucky. I worked really hard and I won three um, state championship uh, leadership development events in high school. Um, it was my pride and joy. I absolutely loved leadership events. So to be able to come back as like now an alum basically and judge events was really special. So I got to do that, judge job interview, which is a contest I love. And then got to come back to state convention and help host our uh, visiting national officer. And then I also ran social media for Arkansas FFA and as someone who I love social media so much in my personal life. And then when I was a state officer, I was serving during COVID. And so we just doubled down on social media during COVID to try and reach members virtually, which felt like my time to shine. It was so much fun. And then to be able to come back now in a normal setting, back at convention um, in person for the first time since I was in high school and to be able to run social media was honestly, it's so much fun. I feel like that's like your thing. It like is. <laughs> and getting to see all the things. I feel like that's so fun. My favorite part about growth grace is when I get to make the posts and have all my oh, little yeah. like canva things all out like that's what I like <laughs> just getting to see like oh yes people are seeing what I like put out and I make our flyers and I used to make the newsletter for our chapter and I loved seeing it out on the Facebook page and all mm -hmm. the parents come like yeah I made that <laughs> that's so, me <laughs> <laughs> so all those things are so awesome that you were able to be a part of and I understand that like taking that break yeah taking that break from it because I know it was a loving break you know it wasn't because I didn't love FFA or I didn't want to be a part of it but I just knew for FFA to always get its best for me that I needed to give myself some time to heal from the heartbreak I experienced not getting elected and then be able to come back to it with a refreshed perspective of 
man, FFA gave me so much. And it was honestly one of the, it, I mean, it, it definitely helped make Brooke into who she is. And I could never be anything but grateful for that. Um, did I get my heart broken a little when I didn't get elected? Absolutely. You know, oh, well, not honestly. But it was also, as I've said, and will always say one of the best experiences of my life. And I wouldn't change it for a thing. So it's been sweet. I feel like my difference was in high school when I didn't get my area position that I had been wishing for and praying for since I even became a district officer it was like all right I need to pour myself into the next thing pulling up mm, that yeah. room three again and yeah. I just wanted to okay I didn't get this but I can get this and then mm -hmm. from there like just trying to focus on Ford Scholars which I'll be honest yeah. I didn't get it again and my heart kind of broke again I was like well then mm. what is for me if I can't find those things and that's when back into this just like searching and like yes, I'm a firm believer this kind of off topic that our no, impact starts at home and mm -hmm. so that's when I'm like all right I'm chapter president now and like working on what we're doing at home and my right. teacher told me she said Sydney it was after I didn't make aerial office she said oh you need to show all these kids who are watching you out there like all the eighth graders and freshmen from our chapter mm -hmm that you still got up even when you got knocked down. And so yeah. it's hard, but like, I understand like having, I wish I took a little bit of a break, but I'm also a procrastinator. So the deadlines were coming up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But this summer, not going to all the camps that I see everyone doing on, like on social media, it's like, shoot, that could have been me in like another life. But now that it isn't, it's like just watching it and just like being proud of those who didn't make it, even though I did it. So I, mm -hmm. I kind of understand on definitely a lower level because that's no, like, it's totally yeah. the same. And honestly, I'll just say for you and for anyone who listens to this later on, like it can be so hard to understand the purpose in what I call those pauses, right? Like I felt like when I didn't get elected, all of a sudden I had this pause in my life where for everything I had planned, I would be moving to Indianapolis. I would be taking a year off college. I'd be serving as national officer. And all of a sudden I just had a blank didn't know what to do life is on pause and as an Enneagram three as an achiever just as someone who wants to accomplish a lot in life just like you and like many 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 FFA members I swear that is just a part of the blood of FFA members is to be high achieving and I think we create students like that and that's what makes us so special I'm proud of it uh, but it makes experiences like failing to achieve harder to grasp and, and harder to kind of process through but um on the flip side of that pause, right, when I hit play again and got to continue on with my life, I found so much purpose in what I learned about myself and failing, what I learned about myself when I had to take that break. So I just encourage you to don't be afraid, even though you are in an eager and three. And I, I love that about you and anyone else that, you know, sometimes we do have to hit pause in order to process through what's happened and to be better on the other side for it. Yes, my ag teacher just a few months ago, whenever that Ford Scholar thing the second thing mm -hmm. didn't go as planned we she told me she was just like well you see all these kids who are being so successful and maybe I know we all know that one person who seems like they're just always it like they always get mm -hmm. picked they always like get that position that they are elected and it hurts when you also want it as well and she told mm -hmm. me that all the things that bring you down will only make that success so much sweeter when you oh, do yeah. it. so that's what I've just been remembering like there's gonna be my time and even mm -hmm. though it's now the Lord has plans and his plans are good that's what, that's what I just say and that's what I tell other people when we get knocked down the Lord has a plan for us yeah. even though it's not what we wanted he knows what's gonna come for us mm -hmm. so I'm very excited to see what he has planned for me even though it might not yeah. be 
where I am right now. And I'm sure you can say the same for yourself. Absolutely. <laughs> Moving on, most of those who follow you on Instagram, we know you've competed in pageants. I don't know if you do them now, but to be honest, I know absolutely nothing about the <laughs> industry. I know that yeah. Miss America, I know Miss America, Miss Universe, and that's about it. Would you kind of <laughs> explain all you've been able to be a part of being involved yeah. in pageants and how those skills have helped you in other aspects of your life? Absolutely. So I grew up doing like my local county fair pageant, right? I feel like that's where a lot of girls who do pageants maybe start for the first time. And so I did local county fair, thought it was fun, thought it was fun to play dress up, but really wasn't that bought into it. And then when I was 12, my mom, uh, every year, I'll say this, every year I grew up watching Miss America on TV. And my mom, um, when she was in her 20s, had volunteered um, with the Miss America organization, helping run local pageants, helping mentor girls. And so she had kind of that leadership experience, but she never competed. So she didn't have that experience, but we watched every year and we would talk about it. And so when I turned 12, she asked me if I wanted to go watch Miss Arkansas's Outstanding Teen, um, which is the teen version of, so it's the state level, the teen version of Miss America. So there's Miss America and Miss America's Outstanding Teen. And then there's Miss Arkansas and Miss Arkansas's Outstanding Teen. And so we went to the state pageant. It was in Russellville. Um, I think there was two nights of preliminaries and then a final night and my mom and I went and got dressed up every night and went and watched and I watched these incredible girls do these talents and they all had platforms that they were passionate about and they looked beautiful on stage and she said you can start competing next year if you want and I was like oh yeah I just hit the jackpot and so literally we left the pageant and we started talking about interview ideas and what my social impact initiative was going to be and about talent and all of those fun things I started competing in prelims um, which is basically you have to win a prelim to compete at the state level if that makes sense uh, it's kind of like how you can advance and um, I started competing in prelims when I was 12 when my very first prelim when I was 13 so um, you have to be 13 in order to compete so I started competing when I was 12 but I turned 13 by the state pageant so I was a baby baby competed at 13 and 14 and fifth uh, yeah and 15 and years old and you know we talk about failing and, and, and maybe failure is the wrong word but just not achieving the expectation we set for ourselves and how hard that can be so competed at 13 didn't hear my name called once for any awards um and the goal in pageant land what I'll call is you want to make the top 15 so that you can make the top 10 so that you can make the top five so that you can win right so first thing you got to do is get in the top 15 at 12 or at 13, my name wasn't in the top 15. At 14, my name wasn't in the top 15, but I won a non-finalist interview award, which is basically I had the highest interview score after you considered the top 15, which is in some ways I'll say it feels a little bit like a consolation prize. I know it isn't, right? They're recognizing me for my hard work, but at the end of the day, I still didn't make top 15. Felt like the bridesmaid, right? So next year, come back. I'm thinking, I've won non-finalist talent or non-finalist interview. I had a new talent I was excited about. Surely I will make the top 15. It's my third year to compete, do all the things the right way and didn't make top 15. This time I won non-finalist talent. So yet again, feeling a little bit like the bridesmaid. Um, and it was really hard. So I had to take a step back. So I took a year off. I studied abroad in France. So I lived in Normandy, France, just an hour outside of Paris um, for a summer with strangers. And it was one of the best and hardest experiences of my life. I don't speak French. I was living with strangers in a foreign country all by myself. And I was barely 16. Um, but I came back. And when I came back, I had 
learned a lot about myself and about what I wanted to do and how I wanted to come back and compete my last year. So I came back at 17 and competed and made top 15, made top 10, made top five. Um, ultimately, still not the winner, still bridesmaid. So it happens, girl. Um, was named fourth runner up in one overall interview and a couple of leadership awards, but it took a lot of time and a lot of growth for me to get there. So, um, man, in terms of opportunities, I won a lot of scholarship money. So, um, my, basically my freshman year, a little of my sophomore year was all paid for with scholarships from pageant, which I'm so, so thankful for made really great friends. And more than that, you know, I think the number one fear in youth is public speaking, which is so crazy to someone like me, someone in FFA who does it right. But starting competing at 12, and being in a room where I had five adults sitting asking me questions and I had to answer them with, you know, no defense other than what was in my brain. Um, man, it taught me to be able to think on my feet, to think critically, to have an opinion, to not be afraid to share that opinion, to make people laugh, to be a good storyteller. And all of that for me started in the interview room. And it was so fun because really I was becoming a pageant girl and becoming an FFA girl at the same time. And so as I was learning more in pageant interviews, I was learning more in public speaking in FFA and it just got to continually build upon itself and ultimately made me a really great advocate public speaker for both. So, so grateful for what pageants did. Um, I've been on a little short break. So my freshman year of college, I was Miss Arkansas Collegiate and got to compete at Miss America Collegiate. It was a really, really fun week, um, but then kind of retired that crown uh, crowned my successor, took some time off when I was running for national office. And, you know, there could be pageant days ahead of me um, to be determined. Yeah. Well, that sounds very exciting. I've never really, like, heard about all the things that, like, pageants consist of, but that's super cool. Mm -hmm. And going back a little bit, you spent a year in France or, like, a semester in France? Yeah, so some of the summer. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. That's so cool. I We had a foreign exchange student at our school for a little bit this last semester from Italy, but it was awesome. I told my friends, I was like, I'm going to do it. And they're like, no, you're not. And I was like, no joke. I'm going. And then yeah, got on a plane, flew to France. Um, it was honestly the craziest experience. I landed in the airport in France and um, my family, their daughter was supposed to speak some English. And I saw the sign that said my name I was like oh yeah that's them and I went and waved I was like oh my gosh hi and then they said something back in French and then I had this sinking gut feeling that they didn't understand English and I was like oh wow and then you know how you so in America if I were to greet someone right I'd shake their hand or hug them one well, in France they do what I call the kissy thing so they kiss you on both sides of your cheek so I go to give these people a hug and then they start kissing me on the sides of my cheek. And I was like, oh dear Lord, what is going on? They don't speak English. They're trying to kiss me. I've just been flying for 14 hours. Um, it was wild, but honestly, that's when I figured out what I wanted to do on social media, how I wanted to you know, start blogging, how I really wanted to use my platform as a way to influence people. And then more than that, I just really, I had a lot of time alone. That's the best way I can describe it is I spent a lot of time alone because no one there spoke English, not in my family or my household. And so I had to think just and talk to myself a lot and it allowed a lot of self-reflection. So when I came back to America, my mom says I came back a different kid, but in the best way possible because I was more self-assured and confident and just independent because of it. So it was a great experience. Everyone should go live with strangers for a little bit. <laughs> That's super cool. I've never met someone who's like, like I said, like gone there. We've only ever had people it's, come yeah. here. And so that's so awesome. And I hope that I personally, I don't know if I would ask that for myself but <laughs> like those around me who would just like jump at the opportunity. And I think that's mm -hmm. so cool. 
can't wait for the day I get to travel Europe. That's like top of my yeah. bucket list everywhere. But that's so interesting. And I love how you said like you became a pageant girl at the same time as you were becoming an FFA girl. And I definitely think those things correlate. My ag teacher, as you can tell, like she's played a very big role in my life, but she's always been like, that girl, when I think of her, she's a pageant girl. And so when I saw that you did that, I was like, I need to talk with a real one. I need to know. <laughs> That's know, awesome. Know if that helps out because yeah. that girl, she always did something yeah, like, did. successful. And so mm. I definitely love how different experiences play in with one another. And mm. then continuing on a little bit, you mentioned yes, you are currently interning at Tyson headquarters to be exact. Tell me everything you can about that because that just sounds so exciting to me as a hopeful ad communications major. Yeah, so uh, I work at Tyson World Headquarters in Springdale, Arkansas. I'm one of, I honestly couldn't tell you how many interns. I want to say that at the World Headquarters, there are like probably close to 100 of us, um, but we're all in different departments and channels and um, Tyson is a huge company. So it's even, I've been there for a month and it's so hard for me to wrap my head around how big it is and all the processes, but I work in the food service department. So food service is basically the branch that services restaurants and K-12 schools and colleges and hospitals and um, all of those sorts of, of entities and help them get all the protein that they need. So we produce chicken and pork and beef and all sorts of other things and the alternatives and a million different I can't even tell you how many products we have because there's so so many but um I get to work with our food service marketing team so it's so cool one of our um one of our business units is Jimmy Dean so if you ever eat anything from Jimmy Dean it came from Tyson Boots um because we own them and we were looking at some of their new marketing for next year which is super cool because I've been a consumer my entire life and eating Jimmy Dean my entire life so now to be on the flip side and get to see things that are happening with Jimmy Dean before they're happening in the real world you know we talk about this will be on the shelf in 2023 or whatever so it's really really cool um to be with a company at that size that has that much customer clientele and influence I feel like people know the Tyson name when they hear it and when I was in the interview process I told that to the people who were kind of in the interview room that you know as I grew up in FFA so from the time I was in the eighth grade to my senior year of high school Tyson was one of the names being from Arkansas we always threw out when we were talking about ag solutions or about you know ag problems or just about the ag world because they are so huge when it comes to just the protein commodity groups and so it's awesome to get, to, I, mean, I just turned 20. So to be working at a fortune 500 company at 20 is honestly incredible. It's such a dream come true and we get to do all sorts of things. So sometimes it's social media, sometimes it's more graphic design related. Sometimes it's overall marketing ideas. Um, and even as an intern, I get to, you know, make pitch decks and pitch ideas to our leadership. And I think the second, second week, maybe I met the CEO, which was awesome um and what's honestly the most special thing about Tyson is the tenure you can have there is really incredible so my my VP so basically the highest person in my department she started as an intern when she was in college um and so to see that you can start as an intern and really have lots of mobility to go upward in the company and leadership as someone who is invested in leadership is just really cool and optimistic so I don't really know um when I graduate, where I'll end up, but having had this experience at Tyson, um, man, I'm grateful for it. And I, it's a company I would love to go back and work for, for sure. That sounds so cool. Personally, I thought 
Tyson was just chicken until you mentioned yeah. it has all sorts of different. A lot of people. Yep. Yeah. So fun fact, I know. And it's funny because we joke we're a poultry company or we were when we began, but we're a lot bigger than that now. So um, I, I wish I had a number that was solid. I could give you off the top of my head about the amount of protein we produce, but it's crazy. That's but if you ever eat right bacon, that's from Tyson. We own right Jimmy Dean. Um, and about a million other companies. I probably couldn't say off the top of my head, but we have a ton of produce or a Jimmy ton of Dean. products. Jimmy Dean. Yeah. So if you've ever had like Jimmy Dean breakfast sandwiches, like the pre-made oh, okay. breakfast okay. sandwiches or like the breakfast bowls or sausage links. Yeah. I was just like, is that an Arkansas thing? Because I've never heard nope. of it. But now I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like, I was about to say, I'm sure you would recognize it, but yes. now it's like picture my brain, but that's so awesome. <laughs> I love yeah. that. Like you said, like growing up with it and getting to see, like be behind mm -hmm. the scenes. I feel like that's so cool. Mm -hmm. Ooh, it makes me excited for like opportunities that are available. Like once I graduate, all the things that I'll be able to get to do if I like take those steps to yep. in achieving them. So that's super cool. Continuing on again. <laughs> um, no, you're good. You've mentioned you're very active on social media. You love it. Yeah. And you take on a role of an influencer. One phrase that I see often on your page and in your bio is love louder. What does that mean to you? Yeah, so love louder is kind of my mantra, right? So it's the thing I want to live by. Um, and the, the best way I can describe kind of how it came to be is my senior year of high school, I, my best friend and I were in a huge fight. We weren't speaking to each other. I remember I was trying to process through it with my mom. And I said, honestly, I don't know what to say except that. I, you know, I was trying to, I didn't know how to react to the situation, right? Like I didn't know if I was to be hurt or if I needed to just ignore the situation or if I was mad, I just didn't know how I felt. And I said, to be honest, like the more I pray about it and the more I think about it, the thing I think God is just laying on my heart is that I need to love her louder in this situation, right? Like every day in a million situations, we get to choose what our reaction is going to be, right? We could choose to be upset. We could choose to be hurt, offended, happy, you know, whatever. There's a million, a million feelings you could choose. And I just remember thinking, how powerful is it, right, if the decision I consciously make is to love someone louder than the hurt they might have caused in my life, or to love them louder than the situation, or the timing, or, or whatever, and I thought, you know, I think that's who we're supposed to be as Christians, we're supposed to be people who love louder, um, and I think that when I walk away from any interaction, or, or conflict, or, or just meeting a person, right, if I could walk away, and they would know that, like, I loved them louder, then that's all I think I could ask for. And, and it became more than that now. So not, not only do I want it to be my reaction that I love louder than a situation, but every time I interact with someone, I want them to feel loved a little bit more than the last time I interacted with them. So I want my love to be a little bit louder. And then I also like to think about it in just the perspective of I don't think love is something that's supposed to be quiet. So I, I joke that I tell people I love them all the time, right? I'm in national, national conventions, some of those people, right? I just met them. We'd only spent a week together. By the end of the week, I, I say, and I love you. And I told them that because I genuinely do love them. Because um, I think as a Christian, it is my job to love them. And I don't want to be quiet about that. And so love louder to me encompasses all of those things, the way that I want to react to people, the way I want to treat people and how I want to leave people feeling. I think we could all love a little louder. I, I think that's so, so infectious, like your excitement for everything that we've talked about and your true, like, like like to say is like genuine joy of like mm -hmm. who you are and what you're doing that's so it's so like infectious and getting to see like how many people are impacted by the way that you love them and the way like just 
I like to say like our simple actions, we don't know like if our smile made an impact or not, or if holding open the door, but it does. And so I just know like, maybe you're, I feel like you do it like a little more, you do your simple things, but you definitely do it loud. And I think that's so incredible. The last mm -hmm. thing I would like to say is, where do you think in all these moments that you've been able to do what you've lived through, whether it's in Arkansas mm -hmm. or Indianapolis or France, where, have <laughs> <you> had, <laughs> where do you think in all these moments you have experienced the most growth or like where, how do you think they've helped you to have helped you to grow? Hmm. Honestly, I've had a million um, moments where, and I, and I, I credit this a lot to FFA because um, we talk a lot in leadership about the importance of reflection and, and even in FFA, right? When you go to camps, you almost always do reflection of some sort, because when you're reflecting, you, you start to realize things that you would never notice in your day-to-day -day life. And, and a lot of reflection over time, you know, I experienced growth, so much growth because I lived in France and I experienced a lot of growth because a pandemic broke out in the middle of my senior year of high school. And everything I thought I had imagined about what it would look like to be a senior was no longer true. And we had no idea what was happening in the world and you know I experienced a lot of growth going to college and, and being by myself for the first time in the city and being independent but uh and maybe it's because it's the thing that's happened most recently but I think experiencing not getting elected for national office just put me in a place in life where there was a lot of growth um I can't say it was necessarily welcome to begin with but um for one, just running for national office. Um, it's a part of my story that I've shared and, and I don't know if you know this or not, but, um, and I'll try to wrap this up quickly, but I was selected as a national officer candidate, went into my first meeting um, with some of the people who would be training me and helping me go through the process. And then one of my trainers actually said to me that she didn't want me to be the national officer candidate. And man, that was a hard, hard pill to swallow. Um, because at that point I was Arkansas's national officer candidate and so to be actively chasing a dream and then to have someone knock you down those pegs and say that they didn't want you to chase it was was really hard so not only did I kind of experience running for national office and the growth that would naturally occur with that but I experienced having to figure out how to stand up for myself um, when it probably wasn't the easiest thing to do it probably wasn't the most natural thing to do but to stand up for myself um to prove people wrong about who I was to address a misconception in a room about me and and to really solve an issue with someone so that this person and I had never really gotten along we always had problems and we straight up had to sit down and say are we gonna be able to work together can can we work this out can we be bigger than this or do we not need to work together and at 19 that was an incredibly hard 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 conversation to facilitate and but I had to be an adult right and I stepped up and I figured out how to work with someone who I didn't want to work with and who didn't want to work with me and to make it a positive experience and, and that was hard but figuring out how to navigate that man that made me tough that made me have thick skin and it made me it made me bold enough to stand up for myself when I needed to in a moment when I needed to and then I got to run for national office poured my whole heart and soul into it did it as publicly as I could on social media because I had never seen anyone go through the process super publicly. So I told people all the things I was doing. I consistently checked in about how I was feeling, about how prep was going because I wanted FFA members to be able to watch my experience and know no matter what happened, there could be joy in running in the process. And that, you know, it's so much easier to do something when you've watched someone do it right. And I feel like 
the process of running for national office can be kind of secretive. I don't know that we've necessarily tried to do it on purpose, but so few people run for national office. And then when it's over, not a lot of people want to talk about it because at the end of the day, only six individuals have a dream come true. And the other, in theory, 44, 45 could have their heart broken. And not a lot of people are willing to share about their heartbreak or the experiences that break their heart. And so I made a pact with myself when I started running after I went through that experience with um, being told that someone didn't want me to run for national office, that I was going to do it and I was going to do it loud. If you, you know, if there's one thing you've probably learned in this, it's, I, you know, I like to be bold and I think that I was put here to be bold. And so I wanted to be bold in my pursuit of that. And just to share that dream as authentically and, and just as, as bold, I think bold, if I started as boldly as I could, I wanted to tell people about all the things. Um, cause I thought there was a lot of joy in it and there was a lot of purpose in it. So told people all the things. Um, went to Texas and worked with Dr. Frazier, had an incredible, incredible weekend, came back, um, spent the last month before national office, really, really just working as hard as I could to refine who I was, to refine my stories and my perspectives so that I could come to national convention and just show people my heart um, so that they could see what it would look like for me to be a national officer and so that they would understand the work I had put in and how that work would be to the benefit of national FFA members. And um, went through the week uh, on Monday of that week, opened my advancement letter, found out I advanced. There's a video of me on Facebook somewhere. I, I look back at it now and I cringe a little because I look plum goofy, but it's sweet that you complimented that you could hear my joy. But in that video, I literally sound more joyous than I probably have in my entire life because I was so excited that, you know, eighth grade Brooke had watched Taylor McNeil Wiseman from Arkansas get elected as the national FFA president. And now I was just one step away. I just had to do a couple more interviews and that could be me. And did the rest of the interviews, got to the end of the week, stood there. Um, and I have a video on my Instagram talking about it. Listen to six names get called and my name wasn't one of them. And it was really, really hard. Um, throughout the whole week, people talk lots about who their dream team would be, right? All the individuals they would love to have on their team. And a lot of the individuals who were on my dream team were up on that stage. And when the last position was National FFA president, my name hadn't been called. I fully expected to run up onto the stage with my dream team and my name wasn't called. And I stood there and I kept smiling because I love those individuals and I was so, so proud of them. And I knew I could feel joy for them, but I was also just heartbroken inside because there was never a world where I didn't imagine that I would not get elected to be a national officer. Um, and from that moment on, my world would be completely different. And I came home and I sulked, which I'm not, I don't usually let myself do. And I tried to process through it and um, ended up making the video I talked about on my Instagram, where I am as authentic and real about the experience as I can be in a long way. And if you want to hear about the whole thing, I highly suggest going to listen to it, not trying to plug myself up because <laughs> it was my raw emotions, a full detailed experience of what that week looked like for me and, and how I knew that, you know, I wasn't destined to be a national officer. And that's why I didn't get elected because I truly believe in my core that, you know, God will never um, let something pass you if it was meant for you. And I was able to stand in that really solidly and spent the next couple of weeks, um, thinking about the process, thinking about, you know, how I did things, if there was anything I would change. And at the end of the day, after, you know, talking to my mentors and just reflecting with myself and even talking to people who were on the other side of the process, people who were on non-com, people who were, who were in the room, who watched me go through the process, 
the thing I realized more than anything was I was exactly who Brooke Bradford is in that process. And I wouldn't change the answer I gave or part of a speech or facilitation because I showed them exactly what it would look like for me to be a national officer. And that's all the only thing in the world I wanted to do. And when I didn't get elected, it was really hard, but it was so, so epic when I finally realized, because I'm in an Enneagram 3, right? So when my, I understand what you say when you're like, my calendar needs to be full or I don't feel like I'm at my, like, I don't feel like I'm my best. I don't feel like I'm, I'm worthy. If my, my calendar is a full world. The same Enneagram brain, Enneagram 3 brain thinks, you know, I'm not important if I don't have a title with my name. So I'm not important if I'm not the national FFA president. It's embarrassing if I don't achieve a dream and people are going to watch me fail, right? So my Enneagram 3 brain was just beating the heck out of myself because I didn't, hadn't achieved this title, right? But I came home and I just realized, I was like, you know, I think honestly it was after I posted my video. That's honestly one of the bravest things I've ever done. It was a week after the process. No one was really saying anything about it that wasn't cheery you know, and best experience in my life. And I just honestly shared exactly what it was like for me. And the feedback I received was epic. Um, so many people who were like, man, thank you for saying what I was thinking, or what I was feeling and people who just didn't feel like they could say it for themselves. And I realized that my voice was just as powerful and had just as much potential as just, as just Brooke Bradford as it did as Brooke Bradford, the national FFA president. And that there was just a new space um, where I could do that. And in learning that you are just as powerful standing all by yourself as you are with the title of leadership or with the title of influence or the title of anything else that is worldly, that this world could give you, man, learning, you can do it all by yourself just by the grace of God and the gifts he's giving you. That's the most empowering thing I think I could have ever learned. And so now I say, did it break my heart to not get elected? Absolutely. Did I ever imagine that would happen in my life? Not for a second. Am I so, so, so grateful that I did not get elected to National Life of the Office? Yes, because I would never be the Brooke that I can be right now at 20, who is working at Tyson and living her Fortune 500 dreams. I would never be her had I been elected. Um, and so, man, if there's one thing that that experience taught me is that if you can learn to grow where it's dark and unsure, then the, the flowers or the, the, you know, the, the fruit of that in the future, man, it's just going to be so much sweeter because even though my plan to be national FFA president in my head was really beautiful and epic, there's been so much more beauty in the plan that God had during up for me. And I continue to see that the fruit of that every time I share about my experience. Um, and so, yeah, that's definitely the most growth I would say I've experienced. So that was a long answer. So thanks for listening too. But no, I think perfect. to, oh, well, thank you. Yeah. I think to understand the weight you have to know sometimes when you're someone who is daring enough to chase big dreams and to try to achieve big things, that sometimes you're going to have big falls, but when you can stand up and you can not move on, but move forward, right. And, and continue to pursue things with the same heart and the same ambition, and just know that there's another place for you to do the same work and just have faith that God's created that place for you. Then I think there's a lot of magic in that. So, yeah. That was that was a really good answer. <laughs> well, thank you. I'll I told honest. you you'd have to warn me about my time. I feel like I've been talking forever. I have no idea how Zoom really works. So I just kind of <laughs> play and go for it. But um, I'll be honest, I started following you like when you were doing your national FFA, like your national candidate stuff. And I remember mm -hmm. someone mentioned Ryan, Ryan Williamson. They're like, I'm so excited yeah. for them. I was like, I know me too. And I don't know how like 
the different sections work. So I was like, but have you seen Brooke on Instagram? I want I want to see her up there. And so mm. she just looks so happy. And I loved getting to see, like you said, we don't get to see that behind the scenes stuff. And I've always been really curious, like, what is going on over there? Like, and so I'm glad that you shared it because now we have a resource to go like look and see your story. And I have seen your video and I will say anyone listening should probably go watch it as well because <laughs> there's our there's this there's the self plug. But um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> But I love like like you said like there's so many moments where we can grow and just because what was it like just because that idea was so like beautiful doesn't mean that what didn't since it didn't happen it's what you have now still isn't beautiful so mm-hmm. thank you for sharing that Brooke I've really enjoyed our conversation today and just you've poured so much wisdom and so much like like I'll say again like joyfulness and so much mm-hmm. love into it and so I'm very excited to see what you do. I'll be watching you on the Instagram stories and seeing all that you're up to. So congratulations. Thank you, sister. And it's great great talking to you. (laughs) Thank you, girl. Bye. Bye. (laughs)